Welcome back, Cramaholics. It's your host, Holly, and I am back with another Missing Monday episode for you all. Missing Mondays is a segment that was created to help keep missing persons' name and information in the media the best we can and to hopefully help aid in their return home. 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. at any given time, and while some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. These Missing Monday cases are super special for me because I have always been extremely passionate about the missing. For me, missing people is something that I think about daily. People don't just go poof, and when the hype dies down and the excitement of trying to find someone wears off, there is still a family out there with no answers, and that is why I am so passionate about fighting for the missing. Unfortunately, these missing cases, as we know, sometimes don't have a ton of information, but it's still important to share their stories and say their names. Today's case is one that I have been following for some time, and February 6th of this month marked the two-year anniversary since she went missing. This Missing Mondays episode is on the disappearance of Kaya Taylor. With this case, the information that is out there is fairly limited, and the news articles unfortunately don't give a whole lot of details. So a large majority of the information provided in this episode will come from other content creators that have worked directly with Kaya's family. Her family has reached out to many different YouTubers and podcasters to share her story, and so most of this will come from what they have told others who've helped. So Kaya Annette Taylor was 28 years old at the time that she went missing on February 6, 2020. Kaya was born on November 16, 1991, and she grew up with two older brothers and a sister in a town called Plant City in Hillsborough County, Florida. Plant City is located just about 30 minutes east of Tampa, and it isn't a huge city. Plant City has a lot of farming lands, and they're actually known for their strawberries, and they hold a Florida strawberry festival every year. Kaya was always just a fun, kind-hearted, loving person growing up. She was just a goofy girl who enjoyed making people laugh. And she actually has a YouTube channel herself with a few videos on it where you can just watch her fun personality come out in her videos that she created. I will have her channel linked in the description of this episode so you guys can just go and check it out and kind of get a feel for who Kaya was as a person and just how full of life she is in these videos. Not only was she this fun, bubbly person, but Kaya was also extremely smart. She was a very curious girl who always wanted to investigate anything that she had questions about. She wanted to know why something was the way that it was or why something worked the way that it did. She would investigate it and find the answers to all her questions. She was fun, spontaneous, and again, a very loving person. Kaya loved big, and she loved hard, and she showed people so much love through affection. When Kaya went missing, she was actually in between places and was kind of couch surfing between a couple of places. 
But she did, in fact, have a boyfriend. And for the sake of this episode and legal reasons, I am just going to refer to him as the boyfriend. If you choose to dig yourself, you can find out his name if you wish to do so, but I am just going to withhold it for reasons. So as I said, she was in between places, but around the time that she had gone missing, she was mostly staying at her boyfriend's house and was at this point practically living there, but it wasn't like official. On the day that Kaya went missing, which was February 6, 2020, she was with her boyfriend and we know that she was wearing a striped dress that had gray, white, blue, and red. And we also know that she was wearing a pink sweater with it. But beyond that, we really don't know what exactly Kaya and her boyfriend were up to that day. And from what I can gather is that the boyfriend actually really hasn't kind of had any kind of communication with Kaya's family. And he's never done an interview with the media pleading for her return that I could find. He might be fully cooperating behind the scenes with the police, but from what I can gather, we really just don't have much information coming from him on what they were doing. Kaya left his home sometime just after 4 p.m. after she dropped him off at his house. And that is her last known location. But around 7 p.m., police received a call that there was a car that was left unattended, still running, parked on train tracks. When authorities arrived, they found a black Toyota Solera. The car had been found abandoned on East Trapnel Road, just west of Jap Tucker Road in Plant City. And this isn't far from where that boyfriend lived. The police, however, didn't really think anything of this scene. Abandoned cars happen often where people run out of gas or they have a flat tire, so they assumed that whomever left this car was likely going to come back. So they got the vehicle off the tracks, they left the car on the side of the road, which I just think is kind of odd. As I stated, people leave their cars often, so that's not unusual for police, but a car parked on the train tracks, which I think most most drivers know that's a no-no and is still running seems like huge red flags to me. The police, from what I can see, didn't even try to locate who this car belonged to or looked into it at all. They just moved it to the side of the road, turned it off, and locked it up, calling it a day. And because Kaya was an adult and she wasn't living at home, it wasn't unusual for them not to see or hear from her daily. So it wasn't until a few days later that anyone in her family even realized that she was missing. And when they realized it, they called the police. What anyone and everyone has been told was that Kaya left that day around 4 p.m. after taking the boyfriend home and was never seen again. Her family believes that Kaya never left his house. On February 9th, the mother of Kaya's boyfriend was driving over to his house to give him some belongings or something, and she had spotted Kaya's car parked on the side of the road. He and his mom decided to call AAA to have them come out and unlock the car. When they unlocked it, they found that Kaya's phone, debit card, and driver's license were all inside. For those who love Kaya and knew her the best, they knew that the fact that her phone was left behind was not a good sign. 
Kaya never did anything without her phone. She always had her phone within reach and she was always posting on social media or texting friends. So this was really concerning for her family. If she had left for whatever reason, she certainly wouldn't have left that behind. Obviously, when her family realized they couldn't get in touch with Kaya and nobody had talked to her, they called the police. The first thing that police wanted to do was take a look at Kaya's car and do some testing and see if there was any kind of evidence inside the car that would lead them to some answers. And the things that they found were just fingerprints, which... These fingerprints that were found were all prints for people who were regularly inside the car. Authorities began wondering if maybe Kaya had abandoned her car and ran off to take her own life. She had previously struggled with depression and apparently there had been a few times in the past that she had talked about taking her life. But her family doesn't believe that she would do that. Kaya had worked through all of that. All of that stuff was in her past. She was doing better. And just because you previously struggled with that doesn't mean that you'd run off and kill yourself. So many teenagers and young adults have gone through that at least once in their lifetime, and many are able to overcome their depression and work through it. And according to her family, Kaya was one of them. Searches were also conducted in and around the area where Kaya's car was found, and this area is a wooded area, but they thoroughly searched it. Surveillance footage was obtained from around that area as well, and they couldn't find Kaya on it anywhere. Something that her family has a hard time understanding is how nobody could have seen anything. Plant City in February is pretty popular and people are always milling about because it's strawberry season. So there's a lot going on in February. When they've done their searches in and around this area, there is always people around. So it was never like it was like a secluded area. When I was doing the research for this case, I actually went to Google Earth to get a feel for the area and see what is around this spot where Kaya's car was located. And there are a lot of beautiful green trees that surround these railroad tracks, but there's also homes and even a place where people could go and purchase produce. This isn't a secluded area at all. There's lots of farmlands, yes, but it is not like a desolate area. And personally, I can see why her family struggles with wondering how nobody saw anything. This is a well-traveled road. And who knows, maybe someone did see something, but they didn't realize there's significance in what they saw. Which again, this is why I do these Missing Mondays. Someone knows something, and it's important to continue telling these stories because you never know who might realize what they saw. And I want to add real quick that when I went to Google Earth and I found these train tracks where Kaya's car had been found, when you view it in Street View, you can actually see the flowers and the missing person sign that has now been put up in that location for Kaya, which I thought that was pretty neat. So again, they searched this area like crazy, trying to find anything belonging to Kaya, and they even brought in bloodhounds to see if a scent could be picked up and nothing was found. In addition to the ground searches and hounds being brought in, they did an aerial search by helicopter and even had traffic signs in that area with information about her disappearance. 
On February 20th, they did a traffic survey and they handed out over 500 flyers to people who regularly traveled through this area. Unfortunately, nothing came from their efforts. And all of this, of course, is extremely frustrating for her family. The longer the time passed and the more the realization set in for her family that this is very serious, the worry just multiplied. Not only that, but her family felt very hopeless and lost. Several weeks after Kaya went missing, her shoes were found located in a drainage pipe, and they were found just up the road from where her car was found abandoned. Now, they searched this area, and they searched it multiple times, and they searched it hard. Of course, there is the possibility that the shoes sat there all that time and were missed among those searches, but her family feels that those shoes were planted there. And again, maybe they were missed, but maybe they were put there. But what would be the reasoning for that? Perhaps it was just to kind of drop a hint to her family that something obviously was wrong, or maybe it was just to get rid of some sort of evidence. I will say that there is another case that happened a few weeks before Kaya went missing, and many web sleuths have pondered if these two cases could possibly be related. And that case is the case of Veronica Reyes-Diaz. Veronica was 23 years old when she went missing in January of 2020, and like Kaya, her vehicle was left behind with her keys, purse, and wallet that had cash in it left inside the car. Unlike Kaya, though, Veronica's cell phone had been missing from the scene. But both women went missing around the same area. And even though people believe that these cases could be connected, Kaya's family believes that the boyfriend could have possibly had something to do with this. Her family and best friend Allison had a lot to say about it, and they did so in a video that Kendall Ray shared on her YouTube video about Kaya, which that video will be linked in the sources of this episode if you want to check it out and hear it fully for yourself. But pretty much her best friend states that she refuses to refer to this guy as Kaya's boyfriend and that he didn't deserve that title. She says that Kaya and this guy had been a fling for a while, but about two years before her disappearance, things got a little bit more serious. Kaya was very into this guy and she wanted to marry him. She also said that Kaya's relationship was very one-sided. Kaya did all the work, and she would post about him on social media, but none of that was reciprocated from the boyfriend. He never posted about her, he never took her out on the town, never did anything unless it was convenient for him. Kaya's mom even stated that he was not someone that was welcome in her home. She didn't care for the things that they were doing, the choices that they were making, or the people that they were hanging out with. Ultimately, her mom's dislike for the boyfriend led to some strain between Kaya and her mother. And her friend Allison also didn't approve of this relationship either. She said that there was a lot of verbal abuse going on. He would say mean and very hurtful things to purposely tear her down. But Kaya was the type of person that loved so deeply and so hard that she just loved him harder because she wanted him to love her in return. 
Her friend also states that if you walked up the train tracks from where Kaya's car was left, you would walk by one of the boyfriend's houses. So she believes that maybe he dumped the car and ran up the tracks to his house. There are so many questions that I have and I'm sure that you guys have on this case. The fact that her car was abandoned the way that it was has me wondering why. Did someone stage it in this way in hopes that a train would come and hit it and people would think that she died in the crash? But if that's the case, what would be the explanation on why her body wasn't inside? Was it intentionally left there by whomever to make it look like she decided to walk away and start a new life somewhere? Like, what is the reasoning for that exact location? That is my main question. Or was it just a random spur-of-the-moment situation where whatever happened, they just needed to get rid of the car and fast, and that's where they put it? I really want to have a discussion on this with you guys because I can't fathom any real reason that the car would be placed on the actual tracks still running, other than someone was hoping that a train would come and smash it. And again, her family thinks that this was staged and that the boyfriend had something to do with it. Her friend even says that if you could only see his last text messages to her and what they were saying, and if you could only know who he was as a person and who his friends are and the things that he and his friends did, it would be a no-brainer that he was involved. I highly encourage everyone to find their Facebook page, and it's called Finding Kaya. They have over 17,000 followers on the page, and that is where the family often posts new flyers and other information. Her family could use all of the love and support that they could get, so make sure you go give them a like and leave them some love. As I said earlier, we just hit the two-year anniversary of her disappearance earlier this month, and there's literally nothing new on this case. It just takes one person to come forward and get the ball rolling on telling what happened to Kaya, and I just hope for the sake of her family and all who love her that someone finds it in their hearts to tell what they know. There is now a $10,000 reward for information leading to Kaya. Her mother said to WFLA, quote, just please call. I don't care. We can worry about the who, what, and when later. Let's just get her found so I can have closure. This is the worst thing that a mother can go through, end quote. If you or anyone you know has information on the whereabouts of Kaya Taylor, please call 813-247-8200. Crimeaholics, if you're not already a part of our private Facebook group, you can find us by searching at Crimeaholics Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. In there, we share information and pictures pertaining to the cases that we cover. I also want to hear from you guys about this case and your thoughts on it. I know information is limited, but I do want to hear your theories and thoughts on the car situation. Also, if you're not already following us on TikTok and on Instagram, you can find us by searching crimeaholics.podcast on both platforms. If you want to follow me personally on Instagram, you can at crimeaholly. Crimeaholics, that is all for now. Until next time, be aware and take care.